0: for free and every order for a year. Plus get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off.
1: Millions of people have
0: lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right.
1: People need to realize that more money will not fix money stress and because they will pursue that and then they will find out that they are just as stressed.
0: Welcome to everyone's talking money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Will more money eliminate all of your money stress? It's a question, you know, that I've tossed around in my head for many years now. Of course, you and I both know that we would love to just test the theory out have more money than we need and just, I don't know, see how it feels. Try it on for a day or two. Our guest, Jesse Meacham, founder and CEO of You Need a Budget, or YNAB, one of my very favorite budgeting platforms, has seen a ton of budgets over the years, and he believes there's only one thing that will actually help you reduce your money stress.
1: Um, Sound money management eliminates money stress.
0: So if you can eliminate money stress through sound money management, what does that look like? And how do you create a system that works for you? without stressing out. Well, stay tuned because Jesse's got some great tips in this episode about how you can make the right money decisions. As he says, it all comes down to having the right information at the right time with the right context. All right, so get ready to leave all of your preconceived notions about budgeting behind and step into a new way to money without all that stress. Let's start talking. I've been looking forward to having you on the show for quite some time. I'm a big fan of You Need a Budget and you know, anytime somebody asks me what budgeting software I I suggest, you're always uh, at the top of my list. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And so we're going to we're going to talk a lot about uh, budgeting today as well, but I I wanted to take a little bit of a different spin to talking about budgeting and and look at it through a little bit of a different lens that might Maybe bring it to light for more people. Mm-hmm. So you say that that money equals your time and energy stored in a dollar, and that having more money doesn't always mean less money stress, which I can agree to a thousand percent. But let's start here because I think it's it's easy to say that. You know, so I mean, is it easier to argue that having money doesn't eliminate money stress when we actually have money?
1: Yeah, I think one could probably say, oh, well, what not that a nice thing to state? You know, look at you, you've got money. And so it's like, woe is me, you, you know, you, uh, how hard that must be. Um, I, I think it, it needs to be said in the sense that people need to realize that more money will not fix money stress. And because they will pursue that, and then they will find out that they are just as stressed, so while it may kind of feel like from the outside looking in someone saying, "Oh I, I wish I could test that theory that more money means more stress or just the same amount of stress that go ahead and test it, but what I don't want people to think is that they'll have some they have a misguided expectation of of this end result of earning more money, um, they need to make sure they recognize that um, sound money management eliminates money stress, and that's that is that, and I should caveat here that there are people that really do need to earn more money to solve money issues. Um, But my target that I speak to normally is not that group. That group actually stretches dollars further than I can even imagine. What I'm talking about is people that really are, they are making enough and they're still just far too stressed out.
0: Yeah. I spent 12 years uh, working as a certified financial planner and I worked with kind of all different ages, but it was really interesting when I would work with someone and they had a goal of a specific income and they thought, okay, when I reach this goal, then I'm going to be able to do like X, Y, and Z. And they would reach that goal and then they would, you know, email me or call me back and say, okay, I got there, (laughs) but I still have the same money problems. Like what is actually going on? And I think it's really interesting, like what you were saying. I mean, we all wish that we can hit that point and then we can decide whether we have more or less stress, but uh, generally speaking, you know, I, I've seen it where, um, you know, it's just the, the, the issues that people have around money, they, they, they they're there regardless of whatever denomination they're earning.
1: Yeah. And the nice thing there is that means that you can reduce your money stress immediately. And that it does, it means you don't have to hope for a raise or get a raise or switch jobs. You can take care of it right now. And I, I feel like that's a, a liberating, uplifting view on it.
0: Yeah, definitely a stress reliever for sure. Mm-hmm. So I want to go back to the second part of your, of your statement where you say, you know, uh, you talk about money equals your time stored yeah. in a dollar. So tell us what in the world does money have to do with time and energy?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, <laughs> I'll say some people might say like, well, it's not all about money. And I know that it's truly not. Um, but money does allow us to exchange for value. And you might say it's not all about that either. And th- that's fine. But I, at some point, I just have to kind of say, well, I live in this world where we exchange things for value all the time. And what we're doing is we have to have some representation of what that value is. And so we are using money. We are using a dollar or whatever. But we're using something that we all have agreed as money and that stores the value for us and so you and I can exchange and it's humans have figured this out it's actually been quite the boon for us to have figured out how to do this <laughs> um what it sometimes bothers people is cuz they feel like they've been minimized to like oh now all of my efforts are just minimized to like this dollar that you know it's i'm not talking about that at all i'm not talking about someone's inherent worth or anything like that i'm just saying all of your efforts lead to earning something, which means that the th- something you earned represents all of your efforts. A equals B, which means B equals A. And mm-hmm. if you view it that way, my, my hope in saying it that way is that people will start to give the money the respect it deserves because I am saying that dollar is a representation of all of your efforts, of your inherent value, of all that you bring all of your value creation, your resume building, your skills, your schooling, education, network experience, all of it comes to a head and then becomes that dollar. And people are so good at maximizing and adding value until it's converted into that dollar. And then suddenly they're like, oh, I'm not good with money. And you're like, I'm sorry, come again all of this effort has gone into this. Like, let's just extend the effort a little bit further and make sure that all of your effort is um, continues to be deployed in a way that um, continues adding value for you. Like, we can say it that way. Continues doing whatever you want it to do. So, all, that's that's the whole idea. Is we we pour so much effort into making the dollar. I just want a little more effort to go into making sure that the dollar is used in line with what you truly care about.
0: Yeah, so that kind of leads me to to my next question Th- thinking about that. You know, Jesse, where are we all out of sync with this? You know, what is going on where the majority of us have these money goals. So obviously, we have these things we want to do. And you know, we're out there, we're earning a living, like we're doing our best even if we are stressed or anxious or fearful of money. But we're just not getting to where we want to get to. Like we're not seeing things happen. What's going on? Like what are we getting wrong?
1: Um, We make poor decisions. We really (laughs) we we and I mean like in the smallest and in the largest ways. We um we don't have the right information at the right time to make the right decision. We make good decisions when we have the right information at the right time with the right context. But when we don't. I mean, we're all just human and I do this, you do, everyone does this. No one's like born good at, good at this. It's just our nature. Unless we have good information at the right time with the right context, we are poor decision makers and that's just, that's just that. So our money always will kind of misalign from what we truly care about and we don't reach our goals.
0: You'll probably appreciate this story. I was working with a couple many, many years ago and uh, they lived in Hollywood in like a rent-controlled apartment. And so I think their rent was somewhere around $1,200, $1,500, oh, wow. somewhere like very, yeah, under, under yeah. the market value, of course. And they made great money combined. They made about one hundred seventy-five, dollars $180,000. Yeah. And they hired me because they were trying to buy a house and they were like, I don't understand how we can't buy this house uh, one of them had a side hustle and was making a little extra money on the side, and they thought, you know, we should be able to save for a down payment. Like, what is going on? And so mm-hmm. I said, okay, can I can I see your your budget? And they're like, yeah, here. And I was like, when was the last time you you updated this or looked at it? And they were like, I don't know. Why why would we need to do that? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, makes sense. So you know, I, I did did what I do, dive into their bank statements, and when I came back to them, I said, okay. You know, what's interesting is you guys said you were spending about $300 a month eating out. And they were like, oh, yeah, because we love to treat our friends like we don't have kids. This is just what we like to do. And I said, would you like to know the actual number that you've been spending eating out? And they're like, well, isn't it $300? And I said, no, it's around $3,000 for the past like four months. And they were like, what? No, that's not possible. And so, you know, little moments like that, I really realized our sort of irrational behavior around money and how we can think that we're doing something. But like you're saying, until we actually look at what's going on, we don't have that that clear picture of, yeah. of the whole story. So of course, in like six months, they were able to save enough money to buy the house. But yeah, it like it took that that moment in time. And I just think of how many of us don't spend time doing that because it's it's scary
1: yeah we we at Wineab, we would say that they were eating their down payment essentially
0: very much so <laughs> so then, where does this idea of of bringing some intentionality to how we're spending and saving our money? Where does that come into play, and how do we get into that space when we all are a bit scared of just looking at the numbers
1: yeah yeah you, you don't want to be if you're fearful that's a that's uh hmm, how do I say this? If you're fearful, that's an alarm that there's like that. It, there's an irrational bit of you that's that's running the show right now. Don't be fearful. Reality is reality, and so fear is never useful, really. Um, except like lions, it's, you know, in that instance, maybe it's useful. But other than that, it's it's not. So if you're fearful, don't just. You need to push that aside. Um, we we I mean we teach four rules, and we start with rule one, which is essentially figuring out what you really want your money to do but the trick is you don't start big you actually start very 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 small and we will ask people what's your you know what's your checking account balance on average people will say 350 bucks it's it doesn't mean that they walk around with it always there but it's high and then it drops precipitously so they're averaging around $300 and maybe they have 300 bucks in their checking account we would say okay you have $300 Shana, what do you want this money to do before you are paid again? And if you were like anyone else, and you are not, but we'll pretend you are, you would say, "Oh, well, I'm actually going to be paid on Friday in five days." So, and we we would tell you, "Stop. Let's just talk about what's in the bank account right now." After a few rounds of that, where you would try and tell us about future money, and we keep pulling you back to current money, we would get you to say, "Well, uh, I the car has a quarter tank. I need to add some gas to the car." Um, there's a bill that's a hundred bucks. Okay. And it's like super simple. It's like brainless. Anyone can like my seven year old can answer correctly, right? Because it's such a small amount of money and the priorities are actually crystal, crystal clear. Then when new money comes in on that Friday, we would just repeat it. What does this money need to do before you are paid again? And that's that's rule one. People like to start with the big, the aspirational, and we will get there quickly. But first, you start with the here and now because the here and now is where you are making a decision right now. How will you use this next dollar? Everything else doesn't matter in that moment. And so with the first rule, giving every dollar a job, we start there. We don't allow forecasting. We don't allow you to say, well, in the future, this. Nope. It's just what money do you have right now? What do you want that to do? And people, even with only 300 bucks in their checking account, which would give me a heart attack, they... (laughs) they do recognize that they feel more in control after a 10 minute exercise stress has dropped
0: mm, wow and
1: they haven't made any more money they still have the bill to pay they still have to fill up the car but they feel better because they've they've started to get that little bit of intention behind their money and it's that's the whole ticket
0: i love that yeah and i i talk a lot about your relationship with money and how 90% of our money decisions are mental oh, and man. it's a you know complex web of how we were raised and what we believe and uh, you know so many different things that are just going on all at once kind of behind the scenes and so what i love about giving every dollar a job is we're removing some of that emotion from our money and we're moving the decision point as well yeah. and we're saying you know money go here money go here money go there and so i can imagine why that would Lead to you, you know, feeling more like you're you're in control.
1: Yeah. So and what happens is you've yeah. you've front loaded the decision. You've you've made the decision in a time where you aren't emotionally heightened, maybe where you aren't stressed out, uh, where you don't have marketers telling you this or that, where you didn't just have a bad day at work, like you're in a good headspace. So you've set yourself up kind of pre decisioned, and then. When you are presented with the opportunity to go do this or go do that, you look at your pre decisions and you say, Oh, okay, is this, does this work for me? And you make a great decision. You have the context, you have the information that you need, and you're looking at it at the right time.
0: So there was this interesting statistic from the American Psychological uh, Association that found that, you know, 65% of people surveyed said that you know money is obviously a significant source of stress so we've we've been talking about this and kind of what leads to that stress and then the percentage is actually higher for younger people and for black and hispanic adults so you know thinking about this from maybe a bit of a broader perspective you know what do you think needs to change so that we can change some of these statistics and really reduce some of this money stress
1: i i i'm only expert in one spot And it's around our, our decision framework. It's, it's around, we, we teach the four rules. We teach it regardless of economic circumstance, um, regardless of age, race, gender, anything. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a decision-making framework and it's agnostic as to who it, who is employing it. And so I would, I wouldn't do anything different. I, I mean, we've, we've coached people that make a million dollars a year and we've coached people that make $30,000 a year we literally walk them through the same exact steps. Now, one person has way more zeros and there's, I mean, okay, that's just, that's just is what it is. They will have a far easier time making choices between A, B, or C. It goes all the way to Z and they don't feel anything. You have someone else that's dealing with truly finite. uh, I should correct myself. Both of them are dealing with finite resources, And we actually, we want the person making a gob of money to feel that it's finite as well because they have a problem of not. But on the flip side, you have someone that is dealing with scarce and finite resources and it's the same exercise. They just have to be more creative. They have to, um, I mean, they essentially have to hustle more. They are, they're dealing with a situation where um, they can't absorb shocks to the same level. So if something doesn't go their way, it's I mean, none of that is I can't say anything on a podcast that fixes that, except you've the best decision you can make, that's the one we want you to make. So regardless of what kind of circumstances you're in, we do want to optimize to make the best decision in that spot. And that's a it's a, a little bit hand wavy in the sense that you're saying, well, there's some there's structural things, there are all these, you know, life that people are dealing with. But that would that would be a really long podcast episode if we started discussing <laughs> life, you know, um, and how we fix all of that. I I actually don't know. I I would tell tell you you need to have other guests on at that point.
0: <laughs> that would be a, definitely an interesting uh, episode, right? We could just rotate people on. Yeah, be like, um, okay, he
1: didn't know it, so let's get the next guy. Right, let's get says. the
0: next yeah. one here. Let's see if they know anything. All right, so we talked about rule number one, which is give every dollar a job. So walk us through the other three rules.
1: Yeah, the the next rule is interesting. We call it embracing your true expenses. It's about thinking longer and acting now. So the instance we'll give people is we'll say, think of a larger, less frequent expense that usually surprises you. I have to go rotate the tires for the car tomorrow, right? That's that's a real example. So, that'll cost a little bit of money, but ev- eventually those tires will actually be too dangerous to to use and I'll have to replace the tires. So, tires are a thing that we know will happen. We know they'll wear out. So, we it's not a probability. It is an eventuality. And so you you start to get an idea on what these eventualities are like. You will eventually go on vacation. You will eventually have Christmas. And Christmas probability is 100%, vacation, less. But these eventualities are what inform us. So we start to say, well, I'm going to think ahead to a larger, less frequent expense, and I'm going to act on it now. So I'm going to say, my car tires, maybe they cost $800. And I want to be ready for that in eight months. I'm giving myself easy math. So I'm going to set aside $100 each month for those car repair or the uh, tire replacements. What happens is now current Jesse is sitting there still doing rule one, giving every dollar a job, but one of the jobs is eventual tire replacement. Now, as I'm looking at my pile of money in my checking account, I'm not just thinking, can I afford to go out with some friends? Like current Jesse's like, heck yeah, all the time, every time, yes. But future Jesse's like, no, 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 wait. I want to have some money for the car tires, right? So two people are negotiating here One is future Jesse and one is current Jesse. And future Jesse has good information. So going back to that idea of good information in context at the right time, now if I were to if I were to be standing in the tire shop and you're watching me and you're like, okay, this guy's about to make a decision. Is he going to buy new tires? Imagine I'm standing there and then, like, a pizza delivery guy walks in carrying 10 pizzas because he he's like, Hey Jesse, do you want to buy pizza for your family and also treat all your friends? And then the tire guy's like, hey. You got to buy these tires. Like nobody in their right mind ever chooses pizza in that situation. And granted, that situation's never actually happened, but it (laughs) happens every single day. Every day we choose pizza over tires. And what I want to do is have the pizza decision happen in the tire shop and then be like, do you still think that's a good decision? And a hundred times out of a hundred, The person will say oh no clearly that's not and so it's interesting to watch people's decisions immediately improve when they have good information in context of the whole and it's given to them at the right time so that's rule two when i get really ranty but that's the that's the bit of it that i want the future you like future shauna current shauna both to be there vying for these scarce finite resources
0: Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news? Well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time consuming. I tried all of the apps. EarnIn does. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So, how would you spend the money you get from EarnIn? Well, Honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security, gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download EARNIN today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EARNIN app, type in TALKIN, T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. TALKIN' money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See EARNIN.com slash T-O-S for details. EARNIN is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust Member FDIC. Right. So we we don't have like, you know, the evil person and the angel on the other side, like, you know, competing for for what's gonna win, right? So we, no. we get it set up in a way that we we know we're gonna make the right decision. Like we've given ourselves um you know, we've given ourselves enough headway that we know, okay, this is the right decision. Even if we really love that pizza Yeah, absolutely. and that pizza is really tasty,
1: Yeah, we're going to make moment, the right decision. Yeah. In the moment, if you don't have that information, if you're just looking at your checking account or, you're, or heaven forbid, you're just looking at your credit card and you're like, oh, that balance is reasonably low enough. I can do this. That's the bit where people will make a poor decision. I, I also make that same poor decision. Like we all do it. That to extend into rule three, where we talk about rolling with the punches, and to take our metaphor a little further, our little story, imagine now that the person with the 10 pizzas walk in and they're like, Hey, uh, it's your grandma's 95th birthday. We need you to buy the pizzas. Okay. And then you think, you go to the tire guy and you say, Hey, could I drive these for one more month? And the tire guy, if he's honest, Tire guy's going to say, yeah, one more month's fine. So then what you're doing is you had information of like, "Um, I have this much I want to spend on pizza. I have this much I want to spend on cars. But now new information comes in where it's like, oh, no, no, it's actually about this 90th birthday thing. It's more meaningful. Your priorities are actually more colored than you originally thought. In that instance, you would do what we call rolling with the punches where you're adjusting your plan as you go. And I would say, you know what? I'm going to defer the tires for one month. And we're gonna make sure that the pizza happens for this big birthday party. And that's that's me being a really good coach in a basketball game, making adjustments as I see how the team is responding. When we're setting up a spending plan, we're setting it up in line with what we really want to have happen, given the best information that we have at the time. We are not, however, privy to all future information. Just like a coach reviews game tape and knows how their opponents will respond and all of that. But at the end of the day, until the buzzer goes and like jump ball happens, you really don't know yet. And so you're going to be making on the fly adjustments to your plan regularly. Too often we think if we don't guess correctly, it means that our budget, you know, budgeting doesn't work. And I, I hate right. that. It's far too high of a standard to give ourselves when we're just trying to allocate resources better, make sure our money lines up with our priorities to also be really good guessers. As to all these dynamics that'll fly at us in life, we we don't want to do that. So rule three is essentially be flexible, give yourself some grace, change your plan as needed. You'll know how much and when, and uh, move along from there.
0: I like that because it adds in some flexibility here. It's gotta be right. It adds yeah. in you know the human element. And I think adding the human element back into the budgeting process is what a lot of people need the permission slip to do. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel you probably hear this a lot. I, I get this a lot that there's this idea of perfection when it comes oh, to money yeah. that we have to be perfect in how we save and spend our money. And nobody is. Uh, but somehow, yeah, know. right? Yeah. I don't even know. But somehow we, we've created this. Uh, reality that we think exists for other people and not for ourselves. So I I love rule number three because it allows us some wiggle room in there where we can be human.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if we review the rules a little bit and you think of it as a decision-making framework, we're talking about the first Component of this is that we're dealing with finite resources. That will immediately improve your decision making because you're you're experiencing trade-offs. Number two is your future orienting. That will improve your decision making in life and with YNAB. Number three is that you're saying, I need to be flexible. That improves your decision making. And finally, the fourth rule, we call it aging your money. And essentially it means we want there to be distance, time that has elapsed from when you earned the money to when you actually spend the money. So we're introducing some optionality or some time to your decision-making. So if I were to say, okay, Shawnee, you have 10 seconds to answer this question, go, or you have 10 minutes or you have 10 days, your totally different answer might come out of that because I've just given you some more time. So the fourth rule is to give yourself time between earning and spending so that you are making the optimal decision. It's, it's nothing more than just a method for spending decisions that allow you to reduce your stress, not entirely because that would mean you are gone from this beautiful earth, but it, enough that where you, where you aren't carrying around unnecessary financial stress.
0: And you and I both know that when you're in that place of stress with money, you can't make rational decisions. Yeah. And you, you just—it's—it's it's hard to, see, you know, see through the see through the forest. And so, having a system like this where you set your money up in such a way that, you know, you have this intentionality, you have a direction to your money. You also have this human element that we talked about. All of these steps, um, I, I feel like at least helps you. Put yourself in the best position possible so that you yeah. could make good money decisions.
1: Yeah. Even in a bad circumstance, you can make a good decision. And I mean, there are bad circumstances. That, that's just, that's it. But you can make a good decision in that and hopefully decrease the number of bad circumstances you find yourself in over some meaningful period of time.
0: I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away, and back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I know you you started YNAP, is it twenty years ago? Are we yeah, just about it's two thousand
1: four. So yeah, we're getting up there. Yeah.
0: Getting up there. Wow. Twenty years. So I'm just so curious. What in the world made you want to start a company all about budgeting? And did you use kind of like your, your own your own story, your own money issues to create these rules?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I originally created this it was a spreadsheet way back in the day. And uh I made it for me and my then fiance, Julie. Um we weren't married yet, but we were planning on it, and combining our finances looked meager, you know. Um we were both making ten and eleven dollars an hour. Um I I still had three years of school left. Julie was gonna graduate in social work where I think she was slated to make like twelve dollars and ten cents an hour. I mean it was some crazy low amount. So we, I just knew we had to be careful. So I built a little spreadsheet for us and then baby number one came and we wanted Julie to be able to just step away from the workforce. And that was where I thought, well, maybe I could make up some of this income that she had been producing. I was still trying to finish school working part-time. So I just uh, had the crazy thought like maybe people will want to buy a spreadsheet and enough did where I could fund having someone build you know, some actual software. Um, But yeah, it's just, it was, I I had no grand aspirations. I mean, truth be told, Sean, I, we needed to make $350 a month to get us through school. And then I would become a CPA and eventually be some big wig at a law, you know, like a accounting (laughs) firm or something. And uh, I'm really glad that didn't work out. You know,
0: I hear you. I hear you from one money professional yeah. who's not practicing <laughs> to another. I understand I'm that. I'm still recovering uh, from the I, I, hey, Yeah, I'm fully re- in recovery <laughs> from being a certified financial planner. So I fully, uh, fully understand that. That was That's interesting, you know, thinking about, I love the, uh, how, you know, you can solve your own money problems yeah. and then help others, you know, do the same. And so did these kind of four rules that you came up with around budgeting did those sort of evolve over they time did. or okay yeah.
1: yeah they I mean originally there were no rules I just built a spreadsheet that did things and yeah. I and then later on about probably six months into selling it it wasn't selling well or anything and I rewrote our sales copy and by our I mean mine it was just that you know I was the only person involved there
0: entrepreneur um, life
1: yeah and I rewrote it and I realized that there were these rules that were in there like, oh, you're operating zero based, you're enforcing trade-offs or like, oh, you do think about these future things. And the rules have been lots of different names over the years. We've had them in different orders. That's all just marketing, you know, lipstick on a pig kind of a vibe. Like it's just, it's a facade. It's something to convey something to a person, but the, the fundamentals, um, philosophically have never changed from there. Um, it's, it really is just about getting people to make great decisions and it's, it's great decisions, uh, through the lens of their priorities, not ours. So we don't have an agenda here. We don't have a certain way we think you should spend. You spend three grand on eating out and you know, you do, and you love it full stop period end of discussion. But you have this competing interest where you want to also buy a house. Well, now we've got to figure that out. And, and they did right. And so that, that idea of everyone's got their own priorities and we just help you discover them and then have your money. Remember, your value creation stored in that dollar. We have you continue through as that dollar and then be expressed in its use. So it's just you all the way down through until you're seeing that, that money, which is again, just your efforts, expressing more of you into the world. And hopefully that's a good, great, great, positive, beautiful thing.
0: I keep coming back to this information that you talk about uh, because I I feel like it's so powerful. And I tell people, you know, once you have the information, you've got two choices, just like you said, one, you could say, okay, I'm fine with Choosing the pizza over the tires. Yeah. Like, that's how I want to live my life. Great. Or, two, no, I actually want to, I want to forget about the pizza and the smell and the deliciousness that's mm-hmm. on there. And I want to move towards the tires. And, but, but that's an individual choice. And you get to decide what actually works for you. And I feel like when you can make that switch when it comes to money and when it comes to budgeting, like, that's really where the, to me, the magic starts to happen. Yeah.
1: yeah it's eyes, you're making decisions eyes wide open. And it's no longer, I mean, the most stressful question that we have around money is, can I afford this? Like something pops up, you see some new shoes. I see a new shop tool that I want. It's like, can I afford this? Well, uh, and it just stresses you out. You look at a big pile of money in your checking account and you're like, well, can we? I mean, you're considering all future, uh, all future grabs onto that pile of money. You're considering your partner's grabs on that money. You're considering all that in some way. You're like keeping it all in your head. It's just impossible. So of course we make a bad decision because the only point of information we have is how big is my checking account balance in relation to how big my credit card balance is. So we hold those two numbers up. We're like, oh, okay. Oh, just disaster. It's just it, it, the smartest person in the room makes the dumbest decision when those are their only two information points. Um, but yeah, you give an average person like me enough information and I make pretty good decisions with it. And everybody <laughs> else does too. Everybody else. Yeah.
0: I love that. Well, we've talked about so much. I want to wrap back around to kind of how we started this idea that money equals your time and energy stored in a dollar. And the idea of bringing some intentionality to our spending and our savings, especially right now, we've got high inflation. We've got a lot of pulls on our money, grocery shopping. Everything is just a lot more money. So I would love to leave everyone with maybe some steps or some things they can put in place right now to start start making some changes, you know, Jesse, what would you say to us if we want to bring more intentionality to our money? We want to be, we want to be better with our money. We want to make it work for us. What should we do right now?
1: Yeah. The, the, the bit in your question there that was kind of encoded there is like, I want to do better. Um, I want my money to do something for me. You have to start with what, what does better mean to you? Uh, If you just say better, I mean, good luck. Like you will fail at that unreachable goal or if you say like i want my money to work more for me what do you mean work you know you're alive you're not starving um you seem fine you know i mean you you have to really define what that means to work well for you starting with those definitions that that is it because you've got to get the why there i am no i'm no i'm not even close to like um a frugal expert, like, hey, did you know you can? Blah, blah, blah. I don't save money. I don't like, I don't try and cut anywhere. I, I, we, Julie and I make enough where we're just like, I heard eggs were expensive, you know? Actually, I have chickens. So that's a, that's a little bit of a lie. <laughs> that helps. I have, it does help. And I shouldn't even, I should say something that's truly a hardship for us because the chickens, they are, they're, I'm really happy we have those chickens right now. But that being said, we aren't like couponers. Like, um, I don't, make sure all the lights are off. I'm just not frugal minded. So I cannot give frugal advice. It would be so disingenuous for me to do that. What I am good at though, is being very clear on what I want my money to do. And so I would start, if someone's feeling this internal, like, God, inflation's this, my job's not giving me a raise this year. Uh, This or this is happening. Like I'm feeling all this strain. Okay. Start with what do you want? Because most people actually haven't done that work yet of figuring that out. When you do that, now do you feel energy around taking certain steps to get you there? And suddenly they might say things like, oh, I do want to do this to cut my expenses or this or that or whatever it may be. Again, I'm not the frugal guy, but that you've got to start with the why. And then from there, you'll, that's where the energy lies for you to actually take steps you know, to make things happen. So I should say we have a really good TikTok. Uh, Sarah on TikTok, and she is really good at like brass tacks. Like, here's how I, to actually save money. Um, so, if people are into TikTok, and I am, I am not, but if they are, um, they could go there. And she's been on like the Today Show and stuff, talking about, um, you know, how to cut on groceries because it's it's real. It's a real thing. I just want to make yeah. su- sure people know their why first, so that there's some energy there to actually start taking action.
0: When I started to look at budgeting differently and change how I thought about tracking my spending and my saving money, it was like, it was just a light bulb moment for me. And Jesse's so right. You know, when you have the good information about your money, you can make good decisions. That just makes you feel good. And it really does a lot to eliminate stress. Even when you're stretching your money, knowing what's going on, that's the scariest part so once you have a good system set up, you can just relax a little bit. I have been singing the praises of YNAB for quite a while now, and hopefully you see why as well. If you want to learn more about YNAB, you can go to YNAB, that's Y-N-A-B.com. They run workshops all the time. You can also check out their YouTube channel with Hannah. Jesse also hosts the You Need a Budget podcast. And if you all of that doesn't do it for you. You can feel free to send Jesse a personal email at jesse, J E S S E, at whynob.com. And he's happy to answer your questions at any point in time. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead. You know what to do. Share it with a few friends right now. Also, a big shout out to our episode sponsors. If there was a sponsor that you really love, do me a favor and connect with them as well. It's, it's the way we keep this show going. And I only bring the best sponsors to you in this show that are vetted and are absolutely Shauna approved. I will see you back here in a few days, my friends, for a brand new episode.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.